0: Welcome everyone to POV Crypto, the only podcast that both Bitcoiners and Ethereans listen to. I'm David Hoffman here with my buddy Chris. Doing good, Christian. man. We are almost going to see each other. This episode is getting dropped way after we recorded,
1: but hey, we just did another fantastic episode for you guys. We brought on another Bitcoin OG, Remy. Why don't you tell him? Uh, why don't you tell our audience about Remy and about his project, Realty?
0: Yeah. So Remy Jacobson, early Bitcoin OG, started mining Bitcoin in 2011. I'll let him talk about his history. Um, Full disclaimer, Remy is my boss. uh, And so there is a conflict of interest here. Uh, We are talking about uh, the realty platform that just got launched. uh, And so that has been the thing I have been dedicating my all my life to for like the past two, three months. Uh, and I started working under Remy um, about six, seven months ago under Bunker Capital. Uh, and then uh, most of my attention has been refocused to Realty, which has turned into my baby. Um, it's, I'm so happy to see it live. I'm really excited to, to introduce it to the Ethereum ecosystem and the cryptocurrency ecosystem at large. And one of the things I'm really excited about was recording this podcast with my boss and Christian here all on POV Crypto. Uh, the first the first place to get realty up and out into the world. So come uh, come come shit. So Come meet my boss. He's a great guy. Uh, he has a ton of knowledge and not just cryptocurrency and early Bitcoin uh, developments, but also with the investing in the world at large with real estate. and Yeah, Remy aspects. was
1: super, super interesting. We talked about realty, but we also talked about a lot more, including his tips on how to be successful in this crypto space. Uh, after you listen to Remy, you're going to know that this guy won Bitcoin. So if you listen to him, you might win,
0: too. Absolutely. And without further ado, Remy Jacobson. Remy Jacobson, welcome to POV Crypto. Thanks for coming on.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: So full disclaimer, Remy is my boss. uh, So whatever disclaimer you guys want from that, there it is. Uh, I work under him. I've been working under him for directly for two to three months under this realty program and then a little bit more loosely for three to four months before that. Um, Remy, can you kind of explain to our audience your beginnings with crypto?
2: My beginnings with cryptocurrency goes back to 2010, at the time where everybody looked at me like a crazy man for mining Bitcoin. Uh, Just the word Bitcoin seemed weird to people at the time. Uh, We started, my brother and I and our partner, Greg, in late 2010, early 2011. We started with a CPU uh, mine um, then we moved to GPU, FPGA. From FPGA, we were the largest purchaser of FPGA from Butterfly Labs. I'm sure that name doesn't mean much to most of you today. Uh, but they were the largest manufacturers of um, FPGAs and ASICs at the beginning of A6, 65 nanometers. Uh, we were also the first crypto, the first industrial crypto mine uh, in the world where we controlled out, um, close to 22% um, of the mining network in 2011, 2012, and beginning of 2013. From there, everybody knows the evolution of Bitcoin. Shatou 56 at the time was the only blockchain available. And what people were really focusing on was the underlying technology of Bitcoin as the use was very limited back in the days. And that's where Ethereum came. I remember Vitalik walking into the Bitcoin embassy in Montreal, which is owned by my brother and I, and saying, Shatou 56, we cannot do anything with it. We cannot issue a smart contract. On the, the, on the Bitcoin protocol. And I remember seeing him sleep on the floor at the Bitcoin Embassy on the third floor uh, for weeks on and then moved to the Decentral store in Toronto and wrote the Ethereum code.
0: Very cool, very cool. That, that goes, yeah, like you said, it goes back well before my Christian's time. Um.
2: Vitalik was writing uh, the really the first roadmap of what became Ethereum after. I, I think he raised the first $21 million about six months after when he joined the Decentral Mm-hmm. uh in Toronto and that was in essence the first ICO the first time tokens were issued for cash
1: so Remy Vitalik worked for you
2: at the Bitcoin Embassy no 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 Vitalik did not work for us the <laughs> Bitcoin Embassy was an incubator is an incubator with a store a Bitcoin store and the, on the first floor on the ground level offices on the second floor and an incubator on the third floor anybody was welcome to come and is welcome to come from the crypto community who has an idea, who just wants to speak about blockchain and crypto to the Bitcoin Embassy in Montreal. Uh, Vitalik was one of those persons who came to one of our meetups, came to see the Bitcoin Embassy, and as it was a crypto environment, and quite rare at the time, um, he enjoyed spending time there. Every entrepreneur was welcome and is still welcome today. Do you still run that? Uh, We have people running it. We still own it.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. So you've been around pretty much since the beginning. Almost. What has been the most unexpected thing like it, I'm sure a lot of things are unexpected but what was like what do you think is like the biggest curveball um, from like when you got here to where it is today uh,
2: in which aspect tech equipment price markets <laughs> <laughs> it's a very broad question
1: sure yeah I mean how about in ASICS or like Bitmain and that kind of
2: stuff so I remember a Bitmain uh, at our time when we were mining heavily and we were only doing mining Bitmain was not one of the players uh, we had Butterfly Lab, Cointerra, um, HashFast, um, and Avalon, e- and Isig Twenty One. They became a private mining firm for equipment. That was the ecosystem back in the days on the crypto side. The only uh, blog we had was BitcoinTalk.org. That's still happening today. Um, it was a skeleton um, business compared to what it is. We started the Bitcoin ecosystem was at six million dollars value.
1: So what, like Whoa. it's a
0: hundred x that. That's insane.
2: Well now it's yeah, hundred and that. something billion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the returns have been quite staggering and probably the most unexpected curveball <laughs> to come back to your uh, question. <laughs>
0: So meanwhile, Remy, while you are going through this, uh, this the crypto revolution, as we all have, you have also been an enthusiastic entrepreneur when it comes to uh, real estate investing.
2: I wouldn't call it enthusiastic, I would say more that was my main business until I discovered crypto. Okay, so that came first. That came first. You I've been a recent developer and investor for the last 20 years.
0: So can you, like you just walked us through your crypto history, will you walk us through your real estate course, history as well? Of course.
2: I started um, real estate in, in 1999. Uh, I started investing in Montreal, Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, we built, uh, my brother, father and I built quite a sizable portfolio. We invested in Denver, Colorado. We invested as well in um, Florida, uh, where we were very successful with underperforming and depressed assets. Um, that is really, that was our bread and butter investments in raw property, distressed, distressed property. rehab them mm-hmm. or build them.
0: So. Bringing us into realty, what was the spark that kind of made you decide to work at the intersection of these two totally separate industries?
2: They're totally separate, but they're so compatible. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with real estate is the barrier of entry, the work that it requires around real estate, and the funding that is required to be a real estate investor. I spent most of my life going around raising money for people to invest in my deals, and I realized that I was raising money only with very high net worth individual, which is absolutely not fair or not right for anybody to be able to join um, what is the biggest wealth generators in the world, that is real estate. Um, so realty with, the blockchain, with blockchain, we have an opportunity to show a clean and clear ownership of the property through the LLC's ownership that we have tokenized. We're able to let anybody in the world come in to buy real estate, to own real estate in the US in a compliant way for under $100. Mm-hmm. On top of that, Realty has been more, even more innovative, where blockchain has allowed us to do rent distribution on a daily basis. Um, so there's no need anymore to wait for your 30 days to get your rent check. The management company will get the rent check on the first of the month, uh, but it will be uploaded in the contract for full transparency, the full amount of the rent and distribute it every day to the whitelisted uh, et wallet that we will have on our ecosystem.
0: So walk us through the lifespan of a, a house in Detroit and Realty is starting in Detroit. That's the first city that they're that they're tokenizing.
2: We have selected Detroit as the first city. As mm-hmm. I said, we specialize in depressed real estate, mm-hmm. depressed city. Um, and. Uh, mostly cities on the up and coming. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have an old say in French, as you could hear from my accent, we don't catch a knife on the way down, but we catch it on the way up. Detroit is on his way up right now. You see multi-billion dollars investment uh, from the Dan Gilbert Falk and Loan, from Chrysler. Um, The city is being completely revitalized. Property prices have been going up and are still going up at a very staggering rate. The um, rents are coming up as well, and it gives an opportunity to have not only a very comfortable cap rate uh, compared to cost of acquisition and uh, rental rate, as well as taking advantage of the intrinsic value of the real estate itself go up and uh, hopefully see a few multiple on this as well.
0: So walk us through the process of how a house becomes tokenized on Ethereum and then ultimately sold on the realty platform.
2: The house itself doesn't become tokenized. To tokenize a deed, is a very cumbersome process and rather complicated, especially if you want to sell the deed to many different people. It will require doc stamps and many different legal steps to go through. So tokenizing the ownership of the real estate is where it's happening. We take the LLC, an LLC is a limited liability company under US statutes, which has unit holders so instead of buying a unit, they're buying a token that represents the ownership of this unit. The LLC owns, is owned by a thousand units. Whomever owns those thousand units actually owns the real estate itself.
0: It's pretty simple. Um, when Remy came to me and proposed this idea of you know, an a LLC doing one thing and one thing only, which was purchasing and owning a property and then selling shares in that LLC as tokens on Ethereum, I was like, hmm. That's actually about as simple as you can get when it comes to tokenizing an asset. Uh, and so I got really, really excited. I have, I have a feeling that Christian wants to hop in here and, and maybe say some Bitcoiner uh, comments.
2: We have bridged the physical world mm-hmm. with the digital world, uh, bringing an easy entry to the crypto space via real estate. Uh, blockchain is a very unique mechanism who allows transparencies that we haven't had before and being able to sell real estate, fractional real estate, requires this transparency. It is really a bridge between the two worlds.
1: So, so I, my my main question is like, what if you know I have the realty token on my wallet, and then I lose my access to my wallet? What does that look like, and how does that affect the end user or the owner?
2: So that looks like like a security token. So you lose your access to your wallet and you're able to verify, you you lost it through multiple layers of verification. Uh, you would be issued a new security token to replace it.
0: So there is a burn and reissue function of the token because the token is not this and it's not internet. It's an internet native token of a non-internet uh, asset. And so in the in the contract, we are able to if we are if you are able to prove that you've lost the access to your wallet and you need your your uh, wallet changed, uh, you you can do a simple selfie picture saying, hey, please change my wallet to this uh, and then the, the token can get reissued. And that's actually a, a a nice benefit of being a a centralized company, while realty in the distant future is looking for mechanisms to decentralize its products. everything's everything I think is, should probably start off as a centralized product on Ethereum. so we can figure out these problems and then we can go and figure out how to decentralize this. but that is very far down the road. So my question is, you know
1: obviously the decentralization aspect, um, and the mutability possibility is not what you're using the blockchain for mm-hmm. in terms of like, why do you use the blockchain? Like, why is that something that actually helps if you're kind of evading those features?
2: Transparency, traceability, and due diligence. Um, you have ways of showing due diligence on an asset for blockchain and keeping it in an immutable ledger that is quite unique. That allows the fractional real estate to be to fractionalized the way we're doing it. Transparency is the name of the game. It's simple, it's clean and completely see-through. Trustability is very important when you come to real estate. As you collect rent on a monthly basis, you have to pay a management company, you have some repairs to do, and it's very easy um, to play with this. When it's on the blockchain, it's absolutely impossible. So we are able to provide to our clients a fully transparent, compliant platform for them to see their assets and how it goes.
0: And then the other answer I would have for you, Christian, is what other platform will allow you to buy into a share of a property from your couch? Uh, And so where, where fractional real estate isn't anything new, Fractional real estate where you can pay for it automatically through uh, Coinbase because we are integrating with Coinbase Commerce and you can pay it with, uh, with Bitcoin or Ether or any of the other currencies that are on Coinbase. Uh, and then also at the same time receive that token in your wallet at the same day and then the next day receive rent. Um, I'm, I'm yet to see a centralized ledger database uh, mechanism offer that same sort of services.
2: It wouldn't be possible and it would be completely, it wouldn't be possible and it would be completely cost prohibitive if it was done on a regular um, banking system. Mm-hmm.
1: So are you gonna be accepting non-crypto assets in exchange for the realty token? Absolutely. Okay, so you pay, you have a bank account, you're gonna, you, you can buy a fiat, whatever you want?
2: Bank account, credit card, ACH, cryptos.
1: Mm-hmm. Which
0: cryptos are you uh, taking? <laughs>
2: Which I'm taking as many as Coinbase allows me. I'm, I'm agnostics when it comes to the cryptos. Remy
0: is the most currency agnostic person I've ever met. He doesn't care what currency it is. He'll just accept any currency. As
2: long as the volume is there. Yeah, as long as the volume is there.
0: <laughs> okay, that's kind
1: of interesting. So would love to hear kind of like your take on the entire space and maybe even like how much is enough volume for you to feel comfortable with it
2: my definition of enough volume is probably not what you want to hear uh, <laughs> but um on the entire space what do you mean what is my take on the crypto space
1: sure yeah like um...
2: i drank the, i drank the kool-aid in 2010 i'm the wrong person to ask I'm, i am i I, I'm a full crypto person.
0: Uh, but which Kool-Aid did you drink is the question, because there's the oh, Ethereum Kool-Aid, there's see. the Bitcoin Kool-Aid. I don't see it
2: the way you see it. Bitcoin, ah. Ethereum, it's called blockchain. At the end of the day, we're fighting for the same underlying technology with very different use. Um, you, can, you can compare both of them, but you cannot compare them. Ethereum has its use, EOS has its use, Wave has their own use, and Shadow 56 is the foundation for everything. Uh, with a very different use as well as all the others. It's very hard to write a smart contract on Shad 56. It's pretty simple to do it on Ethereum. Uh, Ethereum could be used as a mean of commerce as well, but Bitcoin mm-hmm. is really a true vehicle of transfer.
0: A value, uh, transfer. A value transfer. Yeah, Christian is. will like to hear that one. <laughs> of course, of course.
1: Um, that, I mean, that's, that's pretty interesting and actually I respect you know kind of that take a lot for sure.
0: Definitely something that belongs on POV crypto where we try and hit a little bit of everything here. Unless you wanna get back to talk more Bitcoin stuff, we'll, we'll go right back to realty.
1: Yeah, yeah, let's, let's jump a little bit more into that. Like where do you, I would like to actually talk a little bit about tokenized real estate in general. Like where do you see that going as a trend? And uh, you know, it looks like you guys are taking one specific approach, which is more like homes and uh, cash flow and that kind of stuff. Like where do you kinda, do you think it's gonna be applied everywhere?
2: I think tokenized real estate will be the future of real estate for many different reasons. First of all, your ownership. Uh, it's pretty simple to look at your wallet and see which asset you own as their representation of the company, of the LLC owning the assets in our case. Uh, but tokenized real estate is coming. You could see that there is transaction happening in Miami. There is one that happened in Aspen a few months ago, uh, New York and popping out all around the country. Even in Dubai, the owner of the Burj Al-Qarifa has uh, decided to do an ICO in the next year. Um, I do see uh, blockchain and tokens being uh, involved in almost every aspect of real estate. From the deed, to the tenant, to the tenant credit, uh, to the collection of rent. Uh, Within the next 10 years, it will be a norm. I don't have a doubt that Tokens and cryptocurrency will replace cash completely uh, in the next 10 years. So blockchain is, is vital to real estate and it's vital for real estate investments. Do you see blockchain
1: helping like in not necessarily tokenized real estate, but like with like ownership and deeds and stuff like that in countries like Haiti, where they kind of lack that infrastructure?
2: Um, Greece has started a program to to put their land bank on uh, their cadastre, like it's called in Europe, on a blockchain. I do see this happening uh, at some point. Yes, that all the cadasters and uh, property deeds and land registry will be put on a blockchain for ease of use and um, accessibility.
1: Awesome. I mean, like, do you so do you see like blockchain being something like governments take on? Like, I'm I'm just kind of curious, like yeah everything
2: absolutely absolutely Uh, anything that needs a ledger needs a blockchain today there is no reason to hold any asset that requires a ledger to have it any other way than digital first of all it's so much easier faster and it's immutable nobody could play with it so you have a true representation of what happened so
0: one of my favorite things about realty is, and you kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier, um, it our version of tokenized investments or or our, our version of tokenized real estate is for retail. It's for the smaller uh, investor rather than the big funds who are looking to tokenize, you know, a twenty million dollar properties into thirty thousand dollar shares. What realty is doing is uh, tokenizing, you know, normal uh, single family homes and selling. Uh, ownership of that into much more manageable tokens
2: that is right we're starting with single-family homes but we will go to larger assets Mm -hmm. always staying within reasons of course Um, but we are more retail and more public oriented Mm -hmm. we really want to bring real estate to the masses and not have it reserved for the 1%
0: and so if you guys are curious on this you can read our white paper which will be live one of the examples in the white paper is talking about a a rent to own possibility. Uh, So say, for example, somebody is living inside of a realty property uh, and therefore their rent is getting paid out to realty tokens, uh, wherever those tokens are. A tenant is able to purchase those real tokens and say they're able to purchase like one third of the tokens. Uh, And so there's, there's, say there's a hundred tokens out there and each token is a th- a $1,000, and they live in a $100,000 home in Detroit. Well, say they have $30,000 or $10,000 that they want to invest, and they want to invest it in real estate because of the precedent that real estate has. They can buy, say, 30, 30% of the tokens for $30,000, and then all of a sudden their rent gets reduced by 30%.
2: Well, it refunded.
0: Yeah, they're paying themselves 30% of their own rent. And so that's a way for them to snowball themselves into uh, homeownership. And I think that's one of the really cool mechanisms that going after the retail population kind of enables. Yeah, so I actually think that is incredibly
1: fascinating. And something that I actually love about cryptocurrencies in general is that when people are building out these systems and, you know, they're taking into account this, the transparency and maybe you know, limited nature, that kind of stuff, it kind of changes how people act. And, you know, for you guys to put out a product that would enable people to, you know, live somewhere or get passive income or, you know, transition from renting to owning, like through these sort of incentive game theory mechanisms, I think that is super interesting and very motivating as, you know, we kind of see how influential technology is I can imagine like, you know, having exponential changes on society because of this kind of like game theory thinking in general.
0: Absolutely. Um, One of the like people talk about Bitcoin and the ability to have a brain wallet and you can walk across a border with, you know, a hundred million dollars in your head. Well, now, now you can do the same thing with a property. Uh, and so you can, you can take your house to China with you. The house stays in whatever country it is, but ownership of the house just walked across the border. Um, likewise, uh, the, kind of what you were saying with changing consumer behaviors, Uh, Well, uh, with Realty, rent payments get paid out every single day. Um, Because we're on the blockchain, we aren't bogged down by the traditional financial system. And so there's no reason why we shouldn't be paying out rental payments every single day, especially when we can have a smart contract be the accountant and, and manage all of that for us.
2: We are in essence grooming the landlord of the future.
0: Grooming, nice,
1: nice. So what does that look like? Let's say if I'm renting this place in Detroit, like, do I have to pay every day or do I pay a lump sum at the end of the month?
2: You pay as you, if you're the tenant, you don't see any difference. You pay the rent the way you have been paying it for the last year. Uh, on the first of the months, the reason why we're doing a daily distribution is we're uploading the whole amount on the first of the month on the smart contract from there the property manager will be paid out of the rent his, his fee and the rest will be distributed daily um, it has a lot to do with the structure as well of the income there is no reason for somebody to wait 30 days to get their rent payments when the rent could be paid on a daily
0: basis. And so, what the rent contract does is that the uh, property management company takes the rent, converts it to Dai, the stablecoin, and then will deposit it into the rent contract specific to that uh, that Ethereum or that address, that property's Ethereum address. And then the rent contract t- takes whatever is the supply inside of it, and then sends out one one thirtieth of it every single day and so it's actually not pure it's not the same amount every single day it varies based on what's in the contract and that is that makes it easy to address if rent ever changes goes up or down we don't have to change anything in the smart contract uh and then over time a little bit extra accrues in the wallet so if you are submitting $1000 once a month uh over time it'll uh, kind of uh pump up a little bit because it's never totally emptying and so about f- a little bit more than $1500 will be submitted at uh, the first of the month. Uh, and so there's a little bit of variance, but every single day rent does get sent from the uh, the contract to your wallet. In what form does rent get sent out? Is it DAI or is it a, a different stable coin? It isn't DAI. Yeah, it's DAI. <laughs> you, you guys know I would never select anything other than DAI. <laughs> that's cool. Does that
1: make you pretty happy, Remy? Like seeing something that's decentralized and is a stable coin?
2: It is. It's making us very, very happy. And looking at a very bright future for real estate.
1: Mm-hmm. So, why do you think that Dai is more favorable to use for this use case? Even though this seems like a fairly regulated use case, over something like USDC or Gemini USD or any of those like regulatory fiat coins Regul-
2: Regulation has nothing to do with the um, choice of the, the of the stablecoin we chose. DAI has an advantage of being a pure crypto coin. Uh, we'll get more into the detail of the DAI and why we selected, but it's important to separate the currency part with the regulation part, as they're really not colorated. One is a transfer of value. Um, the other one has has to obey by securities laws, FINRA regulations, as we are evolving in the USA. I am seeing more a representation of companies through what we're doing at Realty than a transfer of value. Dai is our vehicle for transfer of value that is in the blockchain. The reason why we chose Dai, I'm going to let David speak about it because (laughs) he's so passionate. Uh, He's done a better job than I do.
0: Yeah, so to me Dai just makes sense because it removes a risk vector from the Realty project. You know, we're we're spending all this money developing the code that will be specific to sending out uh, a stablecoin. Uh, and so we want to make sure that we don't have to ever change stable stablecoins. Uh, and so the coins that you mentioned, uh, the Gemini dollar, the Circle coin, they're all centralized institutions and we don't want to be dependent on their success for our success. Uh, and so we chose DAI as the, the platform of choice, this decentralized autonomous organization that is designed to carry itself into the future. And so as a, as a sticking power, DAI seems to be the better choice because we don't know what centralized exchanges will uh, continue to operate their centralized stablecoin. But we do know that CDP holders will always produce DAI and send it out to the secondary market. Uh, and so it, it seems to make sense from a point of, of Lindy. Gotcha. I mean, and to be to be perfectly
1: honest, I'm not advocating in either way, but I do want to play devil's advocate here just for the sake of making things interesting. that. you could definitely argue that maker is only a year old and we have no idea if that institution is going to survive. Whereas at least with you know, Gemini dollar USDC, those are being audited Every single year, and you know that their bank accounts are supposedly, um, you know, fully, uh, fully backed with U.S. dollar in the traditional system. So, just, just, uh, just a couple of thoughts there.
2: It might be a year old, but if we're looking at age, none of us would be in cryptos. <laughs> uh, we're looking more at the technology that's behind it than what the technology is accomplishing.
0: <laughs> Good answer. And the one year that MakerDAO has been in existence, it has been under the most attack and threat by the dropping uh, Ether price. Uh, so I feel like if if it was able to survive la- that year of all years, then going forward, it will be just fine. For sure. I mean, hey, I got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> Remy, what else excites you about the world of tokenized real estate and cryptocurrency? Anything we haven't talked about yet?
2: I think we covered pretty much all of it at this point. I'm sure throughout the years to come, we'll have Mm -hmm. a lot of exciting news and releases on the Realty platform, different products. Like I said, we're starting with houses. We're going to go to different cities. We'll go to different type of assets and different type of products as well within the next two years of Realty's life.
0: Right, we, we have our eyes on producing baskets of tokens and so say for example we have a hundred houses on the realty platform Well, we can take one token from every single house and put that into a set of tokens And then boom we have a, a blockchain native tokenized REIT platform that we created on top of the realty platform So there are a tons of options that are available to anyone who produces a tokenized real estate project. And so, uh, what gets me so excited about it is that we have built a a underlying block, a Lego, I like to use the term money Legos, mm-hmm. and Realty is a block in this Ethereum money Legos system, and it's just the underlying platform for what could be a, a very large and robust industry.
2: That's what we're hoping and aiming for.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Awesome. So I have two questions, and then we we can wrap things up. But my first question is, so you kind of are talking about starting in Detroit, and then you're expanding to other jurisdictions. Are like, in terms of dealing with different regulators, different cities, that kind of thing, like what, what is, is there things that are confusing to them? Like, is that really an issue like doing this? Or is it pretty straightforward?
2: It's very straightforward. It's it's a bridge between the real world of real estate to the, to the digital world of real estate. Uh, we are still using an old mechanism to purchase the real estate, but we are changing the way of ownership. It's very well received uh, by every city, by every country that we approach um, to present the real token model. It's something that every regulator feels very comfortable with. It is important to say that on real token, we do list in the article of incorporation, the token numbers, the UIN of the tokens. So it is fully verifiable. Um, The ownership is fully transparent as well. If you have the UIN of your token, you could go on uh, the Delaware States uh, website and find out your LLC who owns your asset and see your token owning this LLC.
0: Right. So there's like this complete paper trail, right? And so if you... If you know the LLC, you can go on to the LLC and you can see your token be listed as an owner of the asset. Uh, likewise, you can go on to the, the local jurisdiction registry and look at the property uh, in question and, and look at uh, that the LLC in question does indeed own the property. And all of these things in, in future phases of Realty, we're gonna have all IPFS host all of these documents. And so in Etherscan, when you go and see your do- uh, token, you'll be able to, in, in the token, there will be like a little website URL saying, click here for all your available documents. And so pr- uh, proving ownership in a court of law should be available by clicking on your token in Etherscan. And then you can just print out all the documents and take them to the court and be like, yo, uh, this is my house, at least my percentage share of it, etc.
1: Awesome. And then my last question is for you, Remy. Um, you have been in this space for a while. You have, I would, in, in my opinion, you know, kind of won and conquered it. You know, you've done Bitcoin businesses. You're doing, you know, this real estate business. Uh, you know, you, you, you have established yourself. What advice would you give to people entering this space on how to navigate and like how to think about what's happening and not get too emotional or not get too attached to one way of thinking?
2: Hold on tight, brace yourself for some storms and at the end of the day it will work out. Uh, There is no clean roadmap yet on what to do in the space. Um, There is still everything to be conquered. It's the Wild West. It's still the Wild West even though we grew tremendously in the last year and a half. Um, But my advice is hold, brace yourself, and wait for the winter to go away. (laughs) Now it's a question for you Christian and David. What makes you love Bitcoin SHA-256 over uh, uh, over uh, ERC-20? And for you, David, why ERC-20 over SHA-256? Mm-hmm.
0: Bitcoin versus Ethereum. We've had this debate a number of times. Christian, you want to go ahead?
2: Especially put it on the context of real estate. Okay. Okay. Makes it a little bit harder for Christian. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, to be honest,
1: I think that whenever people have this conversation, it's all about investment advice. And it's kind of funny because on these shows, everyone says, oh, by the way, this is not investment advice. But I think it's all about investment advice. People are talking about what they think is going to be the best investment, safest investment, whatever. And there's a lot of talking past each other. For the most part, I would say
2: that, Apart from buying a Bitcoin, what other investment is there on Bitcoin?
1: No, I mean, I'm just saying it's purely investment advice. When people say Bitcoin over Ethereum, they're just saying, I don't think Ethereum is a good investment. So- um, in my opinion, like, when I evaluate the landscape of Bitcoin, Ethereum, other cryptocurrencies, I would say that I agree that Bitcoin is a significantly better investment. As soon as we get past that point, like, I, I don't really, I'm not like a hater. Like, I totally think that this stuff is cool. Like, I want to see this stuff work. Um, is Ethereum going to work? Is ETH 2.0 going to work? I don't know. Um, from an investment perspective, not super comfortable in it, but you know, yeah, this is awesome so I, I think that's my opinion that's why we do this show in this format, and you know just know that when I say by bitcoin it's strictly investment advice, even though this is not investment advice <laughs> <laughs>
2: um
0: for for me. I think, and Christian and I came to this realization a while ago when we realized the main difference between him and I are, is our, um, our risk tolerance. And so I am much more comfortable investing in a blockchain platform that feels like a Silicon Valley tech startup. That's just also somehow distributed across the whole entire world. And I'm also willing to take on the uh, execution risk that Ethereum has when it goes from Ethereum 1.0 to Ethereum 2.0. Um, I trust in the distributed network of like a hundred developers that, and I trust that when they say that they will die before they stop working on Ethereum 2.0, I, I believe that, uh, and therefore I feel a little bit more secure with having my my ether in my my wealth in ether rather than Bitcoin. Um, because then I get gain all of the upside potential of of that, of those successes. Um,
2: Interesting. So one of you is looking at it as an investment vehicle. The other one of you is looking at it on the technology and the future of uh, the mm-hmm. protocol.
0: hmm Definitely. Um, Interesting. That being said... And we're I th- a good match. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we are. Um, that being said, uh, if Ethereum disappeared off of the face of the of the Earth, I would gladly put my money in bitcoin as a as a next best for sure mm-hmm. thank you i'm not sure if christian would say the same however
2: <laughs> thank you for having me today it was a pleasure talking about realty my website is realty.co
0: and it's live and up and running um and so go check it out and if you are not from the us go buy a house i'm not sure if i'm allowed to say that we'll check we'll check with you, <laughs> thank you.
1: wait you guys have social media too right
0: yeah, you can follow you can follow the realty Twitter at realty platform. Uh, it's also got an Instagram and
2: Instagram
0: Facebook page. Yeah, and okay, yeah, we've got it all.
1: Awesome. Well, you can find me at ck underscore snarks on Twitter. You can find the podcast at POV Crypto Pod.
0: You can find me at Trustless State both on Medium and on Twitter. Thanks, Remy, for coming. Thank thanks you. everyone for listening. Go check out Realty.co. Yeah, thanks a lot, Remy.
2: Do you? We-